so blessed this morning. I feel blessed. I feel refreshed. And uh, the last couple of months I've been, by the way, good morning. <laughs> I've been reading a biography of a man whom God used in the 50s to the 70s in uh, really ushering a move of God in, in UK and in New Zealand. And uh, uh, I, I mentioned that a couple of times when I was sharing Arthur Wallace. And uh, it's interesting how Arthur was influential in ushering so many men uh, into the move of God, into the reality of God's presence and reality of God's glory, the fire of the Holy Spirit, a passion for God. And one of the people who sat in his Bible study was Terry Vogel, from whom we have the New Frontiers churches all over the world, in fact, today. Uncle David Fernandez and all of them we know are from the New Frontiers. And, and, uh, and he talks about two revivals. Because Arthur Wallace carried such a passion for revival. And once again, starting to read on revival. If, if that's a word that's familiar to some of you, if not all, revival. What is revival? What is the move of the Holy Spirit? And uh, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes in power and glory? How does it happen? Where does it happen? To which people does God respond? And interestingly, just after I finished that book, I started reading on, on the Welsh revival. And, uh, and it was not in my mind that Andalisa was coming. In. And some of you were there for the meeting yesterday. I was there for the meeting on Friday by myself because there was, she was with some of the city pastors and leaders. And just as simple woman, I mean, she's quite profound and very learned, very educated. She's actually a scientist. She's an inventor. She's got patents in her name. She's an engineer. She's now probably nearing her 70s. And, uh, but such a simple woman carrying so much of the Lord in her. And she's involved in a beginning of the move of the Holy Spirit again in Wales. Now, how powerful was Wales? They, they, they say the move of God that started was between 1904 to 1906. And God used, among a few, was one man called Evan Roberts. And he was in his early 20s. And there's so much that happened. They say the intensity of the move was the highest in the first six months. The first six months. And you know on whom was the move of God majorly concentrated? Upon the children. Upon the children. And upon teenagers and youth. And there were men of God across the UK who heard about it. Seasoned men of God. Veterans. In their 50s, in their 60s. And they said, we want to come and see what God's doing. And these were eloquent preachers and men of renown. Men of wisdom. Passionate for God. But learned men. And when they came to these meetings that happening in Wales, that were happening in villages and towns across Wales, and they would sit in that meeting and they would be humbled to see people who were simple, unlearned people, 
moving in such power, moving with such authority in God. They were humbled to see children carrying such a passion for intercession. As I'm reading about it, you know, so intense was the move of God that people who were being prayed for on one day who didn't know Christ at all would come the next day and repent in tears. There was a ship. So Andalisa met the children. Or she, in fact, met some of them who were, who were children of the ones who were part of the movement. She said there was, and there been so many stories of people who were not even told of what was happening, but would experience the move of God miles away. And one of it was a ship, a huge ship that was passing by Wales. And there was such a tremendous presence of God that came on the ship. And people, have, they don't know what's happening. Such a presence of God, such a conviction of sin, such repentance, and such a turning to God. And... And, and so lit was the fires of the Holy Spirit that people from there came actually to the northeast and brought in the move of God in the 1906. You know, beloved, we need to actually study on, and, and I feel such a drawing in these last, you know, kind of couple of months uh, to see God. I'm not able to do it. And that's the frustration. I'm not able to do it because we are so busy, you know, this busyness. Just busyness of, you know, even busyness in ministry, just busyness. We need to seek God more, beloved. Wait on His presence because there are some things that only God can do. There's something, there's a line that's drawn, you know. I mean, but here's, here's the thing, and I, I probably want to conclude by saying this and kind of just affirming what Samira said. One thing, and this is what even Andalisa said this on Friday. I probably, those of you who heard, heard it yesterday, she must have repeated. There's one truth. This one truth that is unmistakably present before every move of God that happened, whether it's in the Old Testament, whether it happened in the early church recorded in the book of Acts and 2,000 years of church history. There's one truth that does not change. That every move of God was preceded by a group of people who began to seek the Lord in worship and prayer. Before every move of God, there was a group of people who began to seek Him. Some for years just sought Him, waited, prayed, 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 and then He came. question is, see, everyone likes to ride the wave when it comes. There's no big deal about that. Everyone likes to jump into the river when it's flowing. But can you hear the sound of the rain even when the cloud is not seen? Can you hear the sound of the coming rain even when a cloud cannot be seen? Because you hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church. And that's the reason what I want, I've been sharing about and this whole thing about the series on the Holy Spirit that we started in the house church and I've been teaching in the last couple of weeks. It's intentional. It's such a stirring in my heart that I feel. And I, I want to be cautious because I don't want to move in my emotion. 
I don't want it to be emotional because emotions won't last. It's just vaporized like this. I say it and you'll forget it. But if it's God, then let it be God. And I know there's something in my heart and I know that there are people in this room that God's stirring your heart out. You're desperately crying out, God, there must be more and there's more. And here's the news, there is more. There's far more you can ever imagine. But the place that God wants to find us is the place of prayer, is the place of worship. They that wait upon the Lord, you'll be amazed at how much, how much is mentioned in the word about waiting. Waiting is not passive. Waiting on God can never be passive. The most happening place in the universe is those that wait on the Lord. That's the most happening place. And I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters of mine, to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church. Hide. Go into hiding. Hide in His presence. Wait on Him. And He will come. And when He comes, be amazing. What He will do, not just to you, surely your families, but what He can do in this city and this nation. We have to fear no one. Fear nothing, beloved. God is for us. His grace has made it possible. We just have to position ourselves in that place where we're just waiting on Him and allow Him to do what He has to do. Today, I want to speak to you about the language of the Holy Spirit, the language of the Holy Spirit. This is such an exciting thing, the language of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and take over. And I know that you already are here. You're already doing things. You're already stirring our hearts. Oh, we're excited, God. We're expecting. Our hearts are filling up with anticipation, with hope, with exciting hope, God. And hope does not disappoint because your love has been filled in our hearts, God. And thank you for this morning. Thank you for the gathering of your people, God. And God, I'm believing for days where we will start, but we won't know when to end. I believe for days, God, when this place will be flooded and the streets will be flooded with people and the singing of worship will be heard in the streets and in the corners of streets, that there will be fires of the Holy Spirit lit in every home, that, God, we will see such joy, such peace, God, in our city, in our nation, God, that India will truly be known as the platform for the glory, your glory, but I want to thank you that you have chosen Mumbai to be the gateway to that. We thank you that you have put us here in the city, not as an accident, God. I pray that your people would be able to see why you brought them here into the city, why they are born in the city, and those who have come here, why are they here? There is a purpose, Father. And I pray that you would open our eyes to see what we are not able to see with our natural eyes. We would be able to hear what we don't hear with our natural ears, God. You spoke, Jesus, about seeing and hearing, and I know that you don't speak about natural hearing and seeing. So awaken our hearts to see what you want us to see and to hear what you want us to hear, Father. Oh, Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you that you are here this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Fellowship requires communication, brothers and sisters. Koinonia requires communication. As I mentioned to you the last time, one of the first things we teach couples in the marriage course, the first thing is the art of communicating. It's uh, surprising to see how people don't know how to communicate. 
Communication requires your entire being. It's not just about your tongue. It requires your entire being. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Your entire being is involved. Your heart, your mind, your emotions, your feelings, your body is involved in speaking. I don't know whether you know this, but three hours of preaching is equal to eight hours of manual labor. Because your whole being is involved when you preach. And it's impossible to build relationship. It's impossible to have meaningful koinonia without consistent communication. But you will understand that communication requires language. And the Holy Spirit, God has his language. Our God is a speaking God. Our God is very talkative. He created the whole universe talking. He said, he spoke the universe into existence. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he sustains all things by the word of his, by the power of his word. Our God speaks. And let us learn today how he speaks to us. He's speaking now. He was speaking to this morning. You know something? He spoke to some of you in your dreams last night and probably this early morning. The Father is speaking constantly. Jesus is speaking constantly. The Holy Spirit is speaking constantly. That's why Jesus would always say this. He who has ears, let him hear. I want to share with you about eight. This is not an exhaustive list. I want to share with you eight ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to us, communicate with us, and lead us. The Holy Spirit. Here's the amazing thought. God speaks to man. God speaks to me. This blew me one day. Walking on the beach one day, I heard God speak to me. You say, you heard God? I heard God, man. I heard God speak to me on a beach. And from that moment onwards, I've never doubted that God loves me so much, he wants to talk to me. If only I would take out the time and the space to listen. And I've made some of the most important decisions of my life. Surely taking counsel. Surely being encouraged by prophecy. Surely being encouraged by reading books. But one of the amazing things, I've rested my life upon his voice. God speaks, church. Listen. And I know that some of you could be concerned that how do we step into the supernatural realm? But this is where every one of us has to make a choice. Here's the question. How personal can the Holy Spirit get? The answer is simple. As personal as you'll allow him to be. See, it's not about religion. It's not about formulas. It never was about it. It's about relationship. And as in every relationship, as close as you get in, so close will the person respond to you. So how detailed can the Holy Spirit get with you and me? As detailed as you will be with him. So even if you want him to get involved in, when you're in your cooking, he will get involved in your cooking. You may say that's trivial. No, that's love. That's love. Because God doesn't find it trivial to count the number of hair on my head. That's not trivial. You see, love pays attention to details. Love pays attention to details. And God loves you so much, he wants to get into the details of your life. If you would hear. 
So you got to make a choice. Today, as you hear this, and if you've not been used to this, you've got to invite the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you like this. I want to know you in every way. I want to hear you in every way possible. I want you to blow me off my socks. I want to live with you actively. I don't want to walk with you in religion. I don't want to walk with you with tradition. I want you to surprise me every day. I remember Joyce Meyer saying this years back when she came to Mumbai and she said, you know, God has a box of gift for you every morning that you wake up. If only you would ask him. God has a box of gifts for you every day. His mercies are new every morning. Let me tell you something, beloved. God's blessings, mercies, grace are never empty. It's loaded to those who have the ability to open it, unwrap it and say, and open the box and say, wow, this is what you have for me. But you see, it's all in the voice, in the communication. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you, my brothers and sisters. Invite you. Don't get scared. Don't get scared of the Holy Spirit. Don't get scared of the supernatural. Don't get scared. Jesus said this. If you ask your earthly father for bread, will he give you a stone? No, no, no. If you ask him for fish, will he give you a snake? No, no, no. If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more that if you would ask the heavenly father for the Holy Spirit, will, you, will he not give you the Holy Spirit? So don't tell me that if I would ask for the Holy Spirit, a demon would come. That's rubbish. With no respect to whatever you got that from. When you ask for the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for His Spirit, be assured upon the Word of God, He will pour out His Spirit. There's no mountain He won't climb up. There's no lie He won't tear down. There's no wall He won't break down to get to you. Years back when I was on that, you know, when I mentioned to you a couple of weeks back about the decision that I wanted to make in life, I remember one brother encouraged me, you know, because the whole thing of, I want to know God's will, I want to know God's will, I want to know God's will. You know how we are, 20-year-old, all hormones flying everywhere. I want to know God's will, I want to know God's will. And he said me this, he said, Shannon, and, I, it, and it so encouraged me, he said, Shannon, God wants you to know his will more than you could ever want. And God wants you God wants you to hear his voice more than you would ever want. That encouraged me. That means God will make his voice so loud and clear that you will know and know and know. You will know and know and know this is God. But the key is to communicate. The key is to know the language. Have you ever been to a place where you didn't know the language too well and you struggled? Yeah? All kinds of sign language happening, all that. You know how difficult it is. You understanding? Like you're from North India and you're going to Kerala. And you're on your river Periyar. And you're trying to communicate. And it's difficult. Or you've gone to an Oriental country and you're not able to understand what they're saying in all kinds of sign. But you know something, beloved. If you want to have a strong koinonia, you need to know the language. Amen. So let's talk about that. Number one. Are you ready? Number one. Number one. And why I put this number one is because this is one of the first things that happens when you are born again. This is the first thing that happens when you become a child of God. The inner knowing. The inner witness. The inner witness. In Romans 8.16, it says, The Spirit Himself 
bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness. What is the first thing that the Holy Spirit will shout into your heart when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ? You are a child of God. <laughs> God is your Father. That's the first thing He will bomb into your heart. And every day, every moment, He wants to give you that affirmation. God is your Father. You are His son. You are His daughter. And the inner witness, that's a strong witness. Now it's interesting, Paul in the next chapter 9-1, he says, now he's talking about, I tell you the truth in Christ, I'm not lying, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. So as we experience the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, we begin to experience His witness about things that concern Him, that concern His will, that concern His kingdom that concern the details of your life, and you begin to experience his impressions in your heart. Pastor Jack Hayford says this, witness is giving evidence. It's attesting. It is confirming. It's confessing. It is bearing record. It's speaking well of. It's testifying. It's affirming of what one has seen or heard. It's this inner knowing. So you'll begin to feel these, these strong impressions on your heart, the Holy Spirit. You know, there are times, and I, I, I put this, you know, you, you, you're, uh, it happened to me yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I'm, I'm, I'm in a meeting, I'm in a meeting, and I, I see this, uh, uh, I see this woman sitting across me on the table, and there were about eight of us on the table, and she was an elderly woman, and, and, uh, we, we were just doing a discussion about something. I am not. No, no. She's from another na na nation. She's another nationality. And we're just talking. And, and, uh, and while, while just talking, I just felt this witness. This woman is a godly woman. This woman is prayerful. Just felt this witness. Now, now that is what I'm feeling. Now, the meeting gets over. She actually moved table in between because she's requested to change um, chairs. Somebody else wanted to come and sit in her place and join our table. So after the meeting, I, we, I just crossed paths with her and she just put forth her hand. And we ended up chatting for about 10 minutes. And I knew that she fell witness as what I fell witness. What is the witness? We both are children of the same father. There was this joy. I could see the twinkling in her eyes that she was so happy to meet me. And she could see the joy and she could feel that I was so happy to meet her. We just shared so many notes just talking and that's what happens. You see, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit the things that are of God. You know, the times you will meet people you've never met before, and you just click with them like this. And it's not a superficial, hey, you know, we really took it off. It's a heart connection, and that basically comes by the Spirit of God. At times, put it negatively, at times you may be listening to somebody, and you just feel in your heart, this is not right. I can't put my finger on this. I don't know what's wrong about this, but I just know the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, son? You know what, daughter? That is not of mine. That's the inner witness. And you know what, something, beloved? We need to live by that every day. Some of those inner witness impressions are sometimes life and death. Are sometimes can be very, very important. Where you shift, it could even mean turn, the, turn away and move into the other street. 
and you suddenly realize, I just missed a horrific accident. So, in, so being sensitive to the inner witness, details of your daily life, who should I be marrying? When should I, where, where should I take the next job? How to solve the problems I'm having? How to handle an issue in our, in our relationships? How to handle the problems in my workplace? When do I go and witness to somebody? The inner witness, the inner impression, the inner knowing of the Holy Spirit. If you have been experiencing this, ask the Holy Spirit to make you more sensitive to Him. Let it become stronger. Let it become stronger. The second, does it make sense? Yes. Did you have a witness about what I shared? <laughs> okay. Number two. Number two. Now, this is fundamental. This is the way God speaks. The Word of God. The Word of God. Now, I want to... I want to really talk about this. There are two primary ways that I believe we should approach Scripture. We should approach. You're listening to me? You st stay with me. Yeah. Don't, don't write, my brothers and sisters. Don't write. Give you the notes. <laughs> okay? I want you to listen to me. There are two primary ways we approach Scripture so that we actively experience the voice and the language of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Now understand this. The Word of God is foundational to everything that we're going to experience with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. The Word of God is foundational to everything that we experience with the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit will never tell you something that's in contradiction to God's Word. Did you hear me loud and clear? The Holy Spirit will never ever contradict God's word. And so, now, here's the, here's the key word. Here's what I believe. That after the name of God in the Bible, I believe one of the most powerful words is the word, listen, just listen, okay? Is the word understanding. Understanding. It's one of the most powerful words. You know about the parable of the soul? Yep. You know what the parable is so. I'll come to that. Let me just give you two verses before that. Number one, let's go to Psalms 119.130. I'll come to the parable of sower. That's the third verse. Psalms 119. So I, I didn't put the verses because I wanted to juggle up screens and want to really read it. Psalms 119.130. So I'm going to talk about these verses and then I'll tell you how we approach the scripture. Okay. The unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. The unfolding of your word gives light. Keep that word in mind. The unfolding of your word. You know how unfolding happens, my brothers and sisters? It happens by study. It happens by study. When we study the word of God, topically, thematically, bookwise, chronologically, biographically, when we study the word, it unfolds. The word of God has been designed not for mere reading. If you are still reading the word of God after being so many years in the Lord, you're not where you're supposed to be in the Lord. You're still babes requiring milk. See, God's word is nutrition. That's one of the metaphors. 
The newborn babes, first Peter says, have to be given milk, remember? Jesus said, man shall not live by. In Hebrews 6, Apostle, if Apostle Paul wrote it, the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 6, that you are still babes. You should have by now been teachers, been mature, handling meat. Meat, bread, milk. Milk, bread, meat. Where are you? Where are you? Milk, bread, dipped in milk, or are you meat? What makes the difference? Maturity comes from study. Study thematically, bookwise, topically, biographically. Study the word chronologically. Unfolding of your words. And I hope there's no one ridiculous enough over here. Can I have your book, Bible, please? Can somebody pass me a real Bible? This is what years back somebody told me. This person was for, for about a couple of months giving me, just giving me words. I sense this word and it's coming on the text message. It's years back. It's like, this is something not okay. Holy Spirit tell me, this is not okay. This is, this is not okay. Nothing wrong with the word, but what she's doing, the spirit, it's not okay. So I want to confront this lady. I said, how do you get the words that you're giving me? And she said, I tell the Holy Spirit. Now this is an educated woman. I tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And I just open the Bible. And the word that comes to my eye is what I give it to you. That's rubbish. It's not how we read the Bible. The Bible has been designed not to be a luck. You don't pick up cards. You don't play cards with God. You're studying. And study is done intentionally, systematically, consistently unfolding of your words. Are you with me? The unfolding of your word gives light. Always remember, whenever God speaks about the word light, illumination, enlightenment, it simply means understanding. I didn't know that's darkness, ignorance. Now I know. Who? Oh, boom. Ah, I didn't see it that way. Unfolding of your word brings light and gives imparts understanding to the simple. The next verse. 2 Timothy 2.7. 2 Timothy 2.7. Now this is a... Can I, I, I'm just keeping this here. And do you need the Bible? No, 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 you don't say it. You don't get up. I get up. <laughs> now this is a good one. I love this. See, you get verses like this only when you study. Now Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's talking to Timothy about how it's important to exercise, to work hard, to grow in godliness by the grace of God. He's using the example. Just before this, he uses the example and a metaphor of an athlete. He uses the example of a farmer. So he's saying, hey, Timothy, if you want to grow in the Lord, you've got to work hard. Grace empowered working hard. Grace makes people work harder. Not out of unrest, but out of rest. Now, this is what he says. Love this. Think over what I say. Stop. Comma. Why? Because there's a comma there. Think. Think over what I say. Think over what I say. That's how you study the word. Think over what I say. Now look at it. Shifts. For the Lord will give you understanding about what you think about. The Lord will give you understanding about what you think. Do you want God to speak to you from the Bible? Study the Bible. Think about what you're studying. And God will open up your understanding. I mean, if you're understanding what I'm saying, 
Is this coming through? Is this coming through? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So don't do, don't do hush, don't do ha. Huh. That's nonsense. It's not how you study the words. That's disrespect for the word of God. You never read an email in your life or a letter in those days, in the middle or in the end. Because that's rubbish. My dad used to write me letters when he was in Abu Dhabi. I never started, I mean, I knew as a kid that you never read letters from the, from the end. Oh, I love you. You know, first time he wrote love and hugs. I said, why is that? What is hug? I still remember asking my mom, what's hug? And then you never read from the end. You always read from the start. You go line by line by line by line by line by line by line. Come on. And of course, you can have your favorite lines, but you read the whole letter. Study the word, brothers and sisters. Do you read or do you study? Do you unfold or do you just... Have you seen a little mouse trip? You know, just have you seen mouse run across a room? Have you seen... Ma 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 that's how some of us run across the Bible. That's not going to take you anywhere. Now, what I'm going to take you in the parable of the sober is going to be the game changer. Think over what I say, says Paul. Think. That's my responsibility. I think. I ponder. I memorize. I study. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. I try to connect. Deduction. Logic. Deduction. Now, don't say, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul. When I think about what, what is even in the word, I'm loving God with my mind. The best way to love God is with my mind is to study his word. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Did you get that? Now, I'm going to ask you before we go. So keep the verse ready of Matthew. Don't put it up. What was the primary difference? You know, the parable of the sower. How many grounds? Come on, you talk to me. Come on, quick, quick, quick. quick. What is the first one? Wayside, Western Express Highway. Wayside, right? Second one. Stony, rocky. Third? Thorny. Thorny ground was a real confused ground. Because thorny ground is manure, it's rich soil, but it's wanting the things of the world also. One leg here, and one leg, I want God also. So it's giving weeds, love of this world, riches, cares of this love of money, riches, deceitful of riches, cares of this life. Okay, but now, what's the unique thing about the fourth ground that brought forth a rich harvest? You know, that heart had the ability to understand. Go to it. As for what was sown on good soil, everybody shout out, good soil. You know, I would like to self-certify myself and say I'm good soil. You know what shows which is good soil? Fruit. Harvest. Don't talk for yourself. Let your harvest talk for you. As for what is sown on good soil, this is the one who hears and understands it. Here's the point that I'm trying to have. You say, Shannon, what are you trying to say? I'm saying this. Understanding doesn't happen 
by happenstance. Understanding is a result of Holy Spirit directed, Holy Spirit inspired, Holy Spirit communicated study of the word. Here's the point. Have you heard of these two words called logos and rema? The logos is the what? The written word. And what is rema? The spoken word. So when will I hear the rema? Now we all want to hear the rema, right? Correct? We all love blessings, rema. But we want to hear the rema of, father, of the Father. Amen? But here's the point. You see, we are able to hear the rema when we study the logos well. If the logos is not being established line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, if you're not studying the word, I'm getting really concerned how you are using scriptures. And I'm using, I'm using, deliberately use the word using. We're not called to use scripture. We're supposed to build our lives on God's word. And that comes from the study of the word. And here's the amazing thing. The Holy Spirit uses study. Second Timothy, that's what Paul said. Think about these things and the Lord will give you understanding. He's writing God's word to Timothy. In fact, he told Timothy, remember what he told Timothy? Study the word of God. Remember? Study the word of God. For the word of God is profitable for reproof, correction, for a man of God to be, worker of God to be trained in righteousness. Study the word. Because when you study the word, when you're with your Bible, when you're with a notebook and a pen, and you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm going to study the word little by little, little by little, little by little. You're being that wise man who builds his house, who builds his life, who builds everything upon the unshakable, immovable, uncorruptible word of God. Build your marriage on God's word. Build your relationship on God's word. Build your finances on God's word. Build your career on God's word. How do you know what you're building on? What you're studying about? You see, you, you, you became an engineer because you studied engineering. You became an economist because you studied economy. What you study will tell me what you're building on. You became a doctor because you studied medicine. You study God's word? Amen. So the Holy Spirit will speak to you and me as we study the word, my brothers and sisters. When we study God's word, the logos and the rema, doctrine and revelation. I will be very concerned about anyone's revelations that is not based upon sound doctrine. I'm not going to be impressed by revelations if I know that you have got weak doctrine. Paul tells Timothy, watch over your life and your doctrine, for by doing so, you'll not only save yourself, but save those who hear you. Doctrine is a result of study, my brothers and sisters, because doctrine and theology is defined about one's understanding about God's word. And you can never come to doctrine that is conclusion. For example, the Trinity Here's my interesting, I'm going to poke you a little bit today. Is that okay? How many believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yeah? Okay, what if I give you an A4-size paper, everybody in this room, and I tell you in half an hour, write down to me scriptures that prove to me deductively the Trinity. Prove the Trinity to me. The word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. So prove the Trinity to me. 
I poked you a little bit. Ow. I felt some of you go, ouch. Why is he talking to me like that? I love you. That's why. <laughs> Would you be able to prove the Trinity to me? If I give scriptures and you have to show it. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? That you study the word. That you're able. As Paul said, Timothy, you're able to serve people. I love this. Book of Proverbs says, the lips of the righteous. What? You have lips? Ask somebody to check. <laughs> Do you have lips? I love this beautiful verse. Look, I love the way, you know, God has, uh, uh, Father God, he's an artist, the greatest artist. I love the way he uses words. He says, the lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous feed many. Do you feed people God's word? When people sit with you, do they feel nourished? Do they feel encouraged? Or are you doing chatter, 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 and people are waiting, when will you keep quiet? Ugh. Ugh. You know, it's like the chalk nail going on the... When will I run from this person? Chatter, 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 chatter. Or do your lips feed, nourish? Paul says, let your speech bring grace to the hearers. Wow. <laughs> study the word. Make notes, write, study systematically. Start making a plan for 2019. What will you read? How will you read? How many chapters? How many verses? Say, Lord, help me. See, not religion, not religion, not legalism. Nobody gets anywhere far with legalism and religion. Holy Spirit, come on ya. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to spend more time with you. And every time I study the word, I want you to help me, Holy Spirit. I want you to unfold your word. Say, you know, in other places it says, another translation says, uh, I think it's the NASB. The NASB is always the best. <laughs> says, the entrance of your word brings light. I love that. The entrance of your word brings light, gives understanding to the simple. Study the word. Turn to somebody, three people around you, shake their hand and tell them, Study the word. Amen. Study the word. Systematically, intentionally. Intentionally. Systematically and Consistently study the word. Be a wise man and a wise woman who build their house upon the, upon the rock. What is the rock? It's, it's easy to say God's word. No. You know what is the rock? Your understanding of God's word. The understanding that you and I receive by koinonia with the Holy Spirit. Here's the amazing thing. I like what John Wimber said this. John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Movement. Father in the faith, signs, wonders, and miracles, powerful. John Weber said this, 99% of the times God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. Amen. Did you read God's word this week? Did you read God's word today? You just heard God's word. Read God's word, brother, and study the word. Move from reading into studying. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. That I may not sin against thee. How can a young man keep his way pure? 
wrote the author of Psalm 119, King David. You want to know how much David loved the word and studied the word Psalm 119? The longest chapter in the whole Bible. He says, how can a young man keep himself pure? He replies, thy word have I hidden in my heart. Oh, is that just in the Old Testament? Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell richly, richly in your, in all teaching, study, in all teaching and admonishment, study the word, amen, I want to encourage you to study, hallelujah, absolutely, let's pray because we can't continue, I've got the six more that will keep it for next week, fantastic, I want to pray with you, we've got a communion today, we're going to partake of the ambulance, I want you to once again come as we're going to make a commitment to have deeper koinonia with the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Take a moment right now. I'm going to request for the emblems to be passed and then we're going to pray together. Koinonia of the Holy Spirit. Study the word. Father, we love you. Oh, Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for nourishing us with your word. Love you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of your word and the precious gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, as you get the emblems in your hand, begin to talk to the Lord. Have koinonia with the Holy Spirit. Have, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I feel something different today. I just feel this joy. I, I feel um, so something the Holy Spirit is doing. I feel blessed. That's the word to use. I just feel blessed this morning. And I want to say, beloved, you're blessed of the Father. You're graced. You're graced. The Father's love is all over you. The Father loves you. He wants you to hear His voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. you Lord worship you have koinonia church have koinonia have koinonia with the Holy Spirit have fellowship
talk. Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. I want to hear you, your inner voice, your inner witness. Study of the word. I want to, I want to experience koinonia with your word, Lord. You will never leave 
everything will be okay in your presence. All fear is gone in your presence. I know where I belong. Where I belong in your presence. Oh, in your presence. All fear is gone in your presence. In your presence. Piano. Father, I know that you want all of us. You know, the Father wants all of you. He wants all of you, not, not just the part. That's where you belong, child of God. You don't belong anywhere else. He may, he gives you to your spouse. He gifts you to your spouse. He sends you on a mission, but you belong to him. You don't belong to anyone else. He paid the highest price so that he could have all of you. As you hold these emblems in your hand that remind us of what he did to have all of you, here's the question, will you give all of yourself? It's where I belong. So Father, we respond and we say, Lord, we give ourselves to you. Completely. We belong to you. And we thank you, Father, that you gave your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for your love, your sacrifice. And as your word says, Lord, that we who live no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who died and gave himself for us. And thank you for sweet friendship and fellowship, Holy Spirit of God. We want to know your friendship. We want to know your power. We want to see your glory. Because Holy Spirit, you are God. And though some of our lives seem formless and void, I thank you, God, that you're going to breathe life. <laughs> you're going to breathe life into what is formless and void. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will do it. You may partake of the emblems in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
somebody next to you, just somebody next to you. Just hold your hand, just twos. I want you to agree with this person. We're going to pray for five things concerning Emerge, five things. Thank you, Father. Just look up at your screen. We're going to pray for every point for just one minute. Just one minute. Just pray for every point. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Could, could we increase the font if possible? Just, thank you. Just read through the points. 
And then I want you to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Just read through the points and let's just pray. Thank you, Father. All right, begin to pray. Come on, here we go. Begin to pray. The first point. Thank you, God. Begin to pray. Pray aloud, beloved. Pray aloud. Pray aloud. Ushers, pray. Pray with somebody, ushers. Come on. Pray, 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 pray. Everyone pray. Come on. Everyone needs to pray. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Everyone pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Agree with somebody and pray. Second point, let's just pray for the second point. Thank you, God. Pray. Just look up at the screen, get the point. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's pray. Come on, here we go. Start praying. Thank you, Father. Lift your voice. Don't feel shy. Come on. Oh, Father, your order, your arrangement. And all the arrangements, your order, your blessing. Over all the equipment, everything, God. Jesus Thank you Father Thank you Father Thank you Father The third point Here we go Read it Right, here we go. Let's pray. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. fourth point. Here we go, the last point. Let's just pray together. Read it. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on. Thank you, Lord.
Okay, take a moment and pray a prayer of blessing over your prayer partner. Come on, pray for them. Pray that God would bless them. Come on. Thank you, God. Pray a prayer of blessing with all your heart. Come on, bless one another in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray a prayer of blessing. Come on. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we right now declare blessing. I declare blessing over every person here, God. Every brother, every sister, every family that is represented here. I speak your blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak the blessing that the Apostle John spoke. Beloved, I, I declare that you will prosper in all things. I declare that you will prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers in knowing the Lord, in loving the Lord, in obeying the Lord. Be blessed, church. Be blessed in every day of your life. Be blessed in every area of your life. Be blessed in everything that you do. May you grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, being fruitful in every good work. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and all the praise. And all of God's people say... Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise. We bless your name, God. Thank you, Father.